Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome friends to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. I'm your host Silwan. It's a Strawberry Festival sort of day here in Indiana, where my town is having its annual Strawberry Festival. Hope people show up. Hope they can eat those strawberries through their masks. Kind of interesting, all the food vendors around and the people at all the entryways. Keep your mask on. Be interesting to see how that goes. You know, today's topic is a timely one because, you know, one, one way to masquerade is to wear a mask. And we are going to be talking about today the masquerade of evil, but the hope of faith. You see, one thing to understand about evil is evil is a lie. It seduces us by appearing as light, especially the most dangerous evil, the kind of evil, you know, that isn't monsters and it's easy to look at and go, oh, scary, I want to run from it, but the kind of evil that makes us become part of it. Its only goal is to consume us, to take away our freedom, to make us slaves to all the baser elements of life. One of the prophets on this in our times, and really it's not far back, you know, World War II is not that far from here, is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He talked about this in his letters from prison, where he firsthand faced the evils of Nazi Germany. He was a witness to its rise. He was a witness to its lies. He was a witness to how seductive it was. And ultimately, his descent his standing for truth and for faith cost him his life. He wrote many letters when he was imprisoned, obviously facing his mortality, facing his death, hoping for freedom, hoping he'd be able to leave, see his family. This idea of the masquerade of evil, I first read it in one of his letters. kind of goes like this. The great, now remember, he's writing this from a prison cell. The great masquerade of evil has played havoc with all our ethical concepts. For evil to appear disguised as light, charity, historical necessity, or social justice is quite bewildering to anyone brought up on our traditional ethical concepts. While for the Christian who bases his life on the Bible, it merely confirms the fundamental wickedness of evil. You see, for evil to succeed, it must distort what we see as light, what we see as charity, what we see as good, what we see as social justice. And the best way to gauge that is by comparing it to what's in the Bible. Because if you compare it to the fundamentals of the Bible, all of a sudden it doesn't look like light. It looks like evil. But the first sentence of that, it's, it's just a brilliant sentence. The great masquerade of evil has played havoc with our ethical concepts. Evil turns good and bad upside down. 
it turns who we are upside down. Now, he's writing that from 70 years ago. Look at our world today, how everything is upside down. People wearing black masks and setting things on fire are the people of justice and the police officers trying to protect property are the vehicles of injustice. The great masquerade of evil has played havoc with our ethical concepts. Now there's a danger there. Heck, I'm falling to it right now. We can't be so preoccupied by this masquerade of evil that we become like it. We cannot become so preoccupied with what it's doing and pointing our finger at others and what is happening that we allow ourselves to be overcome. Really, that, that's, the, that's the true um, deviousness of evil is, is, is that in doing things that we can look at and go that is wrong, we can begin to become that thing. In the cost of discipleship, he talked about this. Pastor Bonhoeffer said, by judging others, we blind ourselves to our own evil and to the grace which others are just as entitled to as we are. You know, obviously he's pointing to those portions of scripture that tell us to pray for our enemies, to love our enemies. That's hard. But see, ultimately, that's what's going to change them. It's going to be changing us and praying that they are changed by the same things that change us. You know, we've talked about this here in the Pilgrim's Odyssey in my, my prayer series, many other podcasts. But despair can be the thing that helps us understand the purpose for our difficulties and trials. You see, through despair, through the emptiness that it can bring, the way that difficulties and trials can put us face to face with evil, those can actually be the things that help us to understand faith. One more great passage from Bonhoeffer on this. I discovered later, and I'm still discovering right up to this moment, that it is only by living completely in this world that one learns to have faith. By this worldliness, I mean living unreservedly in life's duties, problems, successes, and failures. In so doing, we throw ourselves completely into the arms of God, taking seriously, not our own sufferings, but those of God in the world. That, I think, is faith. There's a lot in that. But here's one way I like to look at it. We want to infect the world with our faith. We don't want the world to infect our faith. You see that subtle difference? So when I see what's going on in the world today, I don't think, oh, those people are bad. What am I going to do with them? I think, how do I let them see what I see? How do I engage them? How do I show them love? If you do that, if you have that attitude, even if you suffer for it, even if no one listens to you, even if you go broke, Okay, you will find peace. You will find faith. You are taking what is in you and you're sharing it with others. On the, on the other hand, if you look at the world and all you can do is, in a sense, become like them, fight back, yell back, call names, you have become infected. You are the one who has become the world. We want to infect the world with our faith. We don't want the world to infect our faith. Now, of course, that's as old as the Bible, isn't it? 
from Romans 8, 12 and 13. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. See, if we let the world infect us, the only result is death, worm food. But if we live by the Spirit, not only does it infect the world, but it gives us life. You know, evil wants one thing, for us to live by the flesh. It only brings death. Remember that. When you're in your house today and you're looking at the news and you're getting frustrated and you're reading social media and you're getting frustrated, remember, that's just what evil wants. It, it wants you to view your happiness and your worth by worldly things. You know, is who I like elected to office? Or the policies I like, do people agree with them? I'm not saying that's not important, but if you judge yourself by it, that's a problem. That's living by the flesh. That's living by what the world thinks. It only brings death. If you go a little bit further in Romans, chapter 8, which, by the way, is one of the most powerful chapters in the entire New Testament. Romans 8, 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we live by the Spirit, when we use that through love to impact the world, Nothing can separate us from God. Nothing can separate us from peace. We see troubles. We see hardships. We see persecution. We see famine. We see nakedness. We see danger. We see swords as opportunities. Not opportunities for death. Opportunities for life because we can share the spirit of God in us. But the second we allow ourselves to be infected by the world, we see those things as death. We see those things as separation. We see those as things to avoid. And then all of a sudden, we got to be comfortable. We need the AC a certain temp. We need a certain house and a certain neighborhood to live in and a certain car. And we need people to say nice things about us. And we want to feel accepted. And that is death. But life is realizing in anything, and especially the hard things, is just where we find Life and where we find faith. We want to infect the world with our faith. We don't want the world to infect our faith and our spirit. So until next time, my friends, aim high. Let God in your heart, let his spirit grow. Look forward to hardships and tragedies. Spread your wings. They are opportunities to love and to find the kind of faith that nothing can separate us from God. And keep your eyes on the things that matter, not the things of the world that infect, but the things of the spirit that grow and give us life. I'm your host, Silouan. Have a great weekend. Eat a strawberry. 
Till next time, peace. You've been listening to the Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on the Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green.